It is just a pleasure to be with you. I hope you feel the same when I'm gone. I told uh, Pastor Asher, um, you know, I said, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to come and speak about stewardship. And then we tagged on this, this, you know, what's the MB conference doing in Ukraine? Because word got around that I've been involved there. And, and I said, you know, if we really want to sweeten the deal, like I guarantee you, I'll bring these two girls and you'll remember how beautifully they played and how cute they are. And you probably won't remember anything I say. But that's still a win for me because I'm the one that brought them here. So, you know, I figure I can't go wrong with that deal. But, uh, but thank you for welcoming us uh, so well and for allowing us to be part of your, your family today. Thank you, Pastor Asher, for inviting and uh, for the opportunity to speak about money. And we are going to talk about money. And so, you know, there may be some guests here. I don't, I don't know. Um, if you were in Sunday school, you're probably thinking you're really getting the full, as we say in the farm community, uh, we're delivering the full load, um, you know, but, uh, but I don't think this is what the church does for you every Sunday. So um, relax, um, you know, we're not, we're not, we've already received the offering, right? <laughs> and there's not another one poised after this message. Uh, so it's, it's about helping you understand God's word around money and, uh, and unpacking what it says, and let God speak to you in terms of how that applies um, in your situation in your life. So we're going to talk again about money. If you're in Sunday school, again, we're going to talk about money. For some of you, that may fa- make you feel uncomfortable. I don't know. Be honest with yourself. Do you, are you squeamish at all? Are you like, no, not again. Like, oh, they just want more of my money. Or I'm just struggling to pay my bills. What thoughts? Be, be real with yourself. What are, what are you thinking when we think about we're going to talk about money? It's uncomfortable for a lot of people in our churches. It's uncomfortable for your pastors too. You know, they're thinking, well, if I talk about money, do they just think we need to raise our budget so that I can get a bigger salary? Or that there's something personal I want, you know, bigger office, more supplies, whatever. It's just, there's all this baggage around money. We talk about so many things, don't we? But, but do we talk about money in the context of the church? Maybe, maybe you do here at Enid. Many of our churches don't. But oftentimes we get out in the parking lot and we start talking about money. Where are we going to eat? How'd your stock portfolio do last year? Thinking about a new lawnmower? How much are you going to spend? So we talk about money, but we struggle to talk about money in the context of God's Word and our spiritual lives. And I love the last song. I loved them all, but uh, last song you sang, Lord, I, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing now because I don't remember, but I give you my all. Do we? Do we? Our hands, our feet, our voices, our pocketbooks. And it's not just about what we give, it's also about what we keep, how we use it how we put our trust in it. I talked to one pastor who in retirement told me that he went to a church where the trustees and the leaders told him not to preach about money. And he followed their advice. 
And then he told me, in retirement, it's safe now, they sinned against God by telling me that, and I sinned against God by following their instructions. Okay. We need to talk about money. Jesus told a lot of stories, right? Parables. 16 of 38 stories that Jesus told are about money. I don't know how Pastor Asher does, but that would be like almost every other sermon talking about money. I have my doubts, okay? But Jesus talked about money that much. It was that important, but not because money was that important, because he understood the power and control that it can have on our lives. So this morning, I, we're going to talk about money, but not because I want something from you. It's because I want something for you. I want something for you. I want your life to flourish. I want you to grow in your relationship with Jesus in a way that you never have before. I want all of God's goodness for you and for me. And I think the way we handle our resources and the way that we're generous with them plays a big role in that. So in our short time left, I want to share with you two truths and three lies. We're going to go fast. Asher, we're going to be okay. In my opinion. Remember how good the girls played. Just remember that, okay? That's all you, just keep that right there, okay? The first truth, if you want to write them down, I encourage you to do that. I don't have anything on the PowerPoint, but the first truth is that the way we approach our money reflects our heart and determines our approach to life. That's a strong statement. The way we approach our money affects our hearts and determines how we approach life. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? I give you time to think about that. What do you treasure most? Is your heart there? Is it money? Do you treasure money more than God? Some of us do. What does this do for you? $100 bill. Just a rectangle piece of paper, brightly colored. I don't want to lose it. Okay, got some nice ink on it. Some of us, our emotions skip a little bit when we see that. Be honest with yourself. I struggle with the power of money, Matthew 6, 24. I don't have it all figured out. But this, this makes me think about stuff. And for some, that's, that's stuff like, like literally stuff, like a pair of shoes or a new phone. Or, or for others, it's security and it's, it's retirement. It's different stuff. It's different things, but it, it leads us certain places. The way we view money has a big part in, to play in the direction of our life. That's why Jesus talked about it 16 out of 38 stories. This is nothing. This is just a piece of paper that can, you know, happens to help us with transactions in the store, but it's nothing. It's, 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 
It's neither good or bad. It's the way we view it. Does it capture our heart? Evaluate yourself. Where is your focus on money? Randy Alcorn says there's a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think about and handle money. The second truth is that generosity is not natural for most of us, but it's essential. It's not natural. There are people with the gift of generosity, and I have met some of those people. Love those folks. They are, they are so generous in spirit, generous with their resources. They have that spirit of generosity. It is just oozing out of them. For many others of us, it does not come naturally. But I believe we're called to a life of generosity. We are called in 2 Corinthians 8, 7, where it says, but just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. That's a high bar. If you're an athlete, you, you, you understand what it means to have your coach say, I want you to excel at high jump. I want you to excel at shooting that three-point shot. Oh, it's setting the bar really high. I mean, coach, I'll do it. I'll do the best I can, but I don't know if I'll ever excel. Well, we may not, but that's the goal that God set for us. He wants us to excel in the grace of giving, and yet the reality is that in America, we struggle with the grace of giving. We are in the most resourced, productive, wealthiest country the world has ever known. Right now, you live in it. I live in it. And yet only three out of a hundred people in America give 10% or more. Only three out of a hundred. How many of, out of a hundred are Christians? I don't, I don't know what the stats are. I didn't look that one up. Is it 40? Is it 50? Is it 60 out of a hundred are Christians? Well, only three out of 40 out of 50 are tithing. Most people give less than 2% of their income. And nearly half give nothing at all. We are not excelling in this grace of giving. And I'm not even making 10% the bar. That's just a stat for you. I think we can go way beyond 10%. I love the line that the 10%, the tithe, if is a wonderful place to aspire to, but it's a terrible place to stop. It's a wonderful bar to think about jumping over, but folks, don't stop there. There's nothing in Scripture that supports stopping there. So why do we struggle? Why do we struggle to hold on so tightly rather than see ourselves as stewards? God gives, and He wants us to give away he wants us to be a conduit. Just like MB Foundation is wanting to help you give to the places that, that God puts on your heart, we're supposed to be a conduit of God's grace, of God's mercy, of God's generosity flowing through us. Blessed to be a blessing. I could go on, but I need to get to the lies. So two truths, now three lies wrap us up. Lie number one that the culture shares with us in America is that generosity is a one-time event. We don't really hear about generosity like 
some of the things that I shared in the Sunday school class very often, right? I mean, $600 generosity, $100 generosity, small numbers, relatively speaking, generosity. Instead, we hear about, oh, someone's name is on that stadium. That's a big gift. That person's generous. Or there's the plaque of, in the college of the people that have given. And I'm not against the plaque, okay? Um, so I'm not being critical. But if we determine that those are the generous people, it's a one-time thing. It's a large gift thing. It's a periodic thing. That it's just this one-time event. Then we're misinformed about what generosity is. We're believing what the world is saying about generosity. When it hits the headline, then there's a generous act. Maybe, maybe not. I've seen some things from football players. I won't name names. I didn't come prepared to talk about it. But my goodness, some, some pro athletes that get the headlines for their generosity after a major disaster. And like literally, do the math. Wow, they gave that much? And then do the math. Like you, you can find out how much they make in a season. Oh, they make $15 million. Okay, so that was 1% of their income. Was that generous? I'm not against the gift. But, uh, but let's rethink what generosity is. Jesus was generous all the time. We don't have time to go through how he, he, he just was generous. It was oozing out of him in his spirit of generosity. The people he was willing to eat with and being ridiculed for eating with them. The people he was willing to talk to. Not just a Samaritan, but a woman. Are you kidding me? That's not right. Your reputation could get marred. You're going to eat with tax collectors and sinners? That's not right. Jesus was, he didn't have resource, financial resources, as we understand, but, but he was just generous in his spirit all the time, all of his life. Did it, does it really surprise us that he gave up his life for us after we see his journey and his life of generosity? Yeah, there was a one-time, big-time event. Jesus died on the cross to save us. But he lived a life of generosity that showed that I care about every person I come in contact with. I'm willing to give to you of my time. I'm so worn out that I need to get away by myself and pray. But you need me right now, and so I'm there for you. And I mean, we could go on and on. Jesus lived a life of generosity. And folks, we're called to do the same. And I would even suggest to you that generosity should be our brand, our trademark, our logo that shows people that Jesus is in us. My son, a few years back, was, I mean, he, he's an adult, okay? He's a, he's a young man, but he knows I tell these stories. Uh, he's given me stewardship stories his whole life. But his, the, the last time was he, he was, he goes and works out and plays basketball and stuff. And he was like totally caught up in what brand of athletic apparel should I wear? Like head to foot, okay? T-shirt, shorts, socks, tennis shoes, Adidas, Nike, Converse. I mean, he wanted to go all in. He had to pick a brand. It was important to him for some reason. We never really figured out why. <laughs> Some of us care about brands, though, like iPhone versus Android or Mac and PC. What brand is, do people see in you? What trademark do they see when they look at you? Do they see a, a big swoosh or 
cross that says, oh, I see Jesus in you. What, what's, what's different about you? I can't figure that out. That's different than the world. The world gives 2% or nothing at all. What's up with that? I believe a spirit of generosity is what God intends to be his trademark in you and me. The second lie is that generosity is determined by your bank statement or your net worth. The lie that, that when you have a bunch, then you can be generous. And yet we have the illustrations time and time again in Scripture. The, the widow's might, she was generous. She had nothing. Um, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul has this, this fundraising letter, and then he says, those Macedonians, out of their most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Generosity is not about your bank statement or how many zeros you've got in your checking account or your net worth. It's about a spirit, a generous spirit. Giving to God, offering to God as an as a attitude of worship. Whatever you have. Because that's what he gave you. So you, you can only deal with what you have. And we do it with joy out of our poverty. The third lie is that how much you give matters. Let me clarify. How much you give does matter. But not in the way you think. It's not about how many zeros you can give by. It's about how much sacrifice you give out of. Just like the widow. Just like the Macedonians. It may not have been a large gift. Folks, I've worked with, I work with a lot of donors. Andy does too. We see what people give, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but, but I see some people give where people, oh my goodness, that's generous. Eh, yeah, it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a small percentage, maybe. But they have a lot. So how much you give does matter, but it's not for the reason you think. It's not about how big a dollar amount it is. It's how big of a sacrifice it is for you. A number of years ago now, I met with a, a gentleman who spoke about, kind of he was struggling with this issue and gave his testimony of starting out as a married couple and determining that they were going to tithe 10%. And it was tough. It was hard. It was difficult. They had to plan. They had to, they had to give up something. They had to think about that gift. That was going to stretch them. There was sacrifice involved, but they did it. Here's the, here's the difficult part. He's reflecting back now and saying, I still tithe. It's not hard at all. It doesn't affect my lifestyle at all. It's easy. I'm giving way more money because my salary has increased. We're not hand to mouth like we were as a young couple. I, the dollar amount is bigger, but the sacrifice has gone the other way. How much we give does matter, but not for the reason we tend to think. So, how do we cultivate a spirit of generosity? Well, Romans 12.2 talks about how we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's going to take work. It doesn't come naturally for most of us. Uh, so I encourage you to lean in. I gave some ideas in Sunday school about how you could lean in towards 
a more generous spirit, some ideas around that. And we want to give you today a, a, a little study book, a little devotional that we've put together. And, and side note, they are now printing, they're going to run a second and third or fourth and fifth printing of this devotional in Ukraine. They're up to 10,000 copies that they've distributed across Eurasia. And uh, we're just thrilled to death that that devotional that MB Foundation uh, put together in partnership with others is being used cross-culturally in, in a variety of church locations. So that's the devotional we want to give you this week. Would you be willing to invest time this week? Read one devotional a day, read a scripture, read the text, and prayerfully consider the, the action item that it gives you. Consider leaning in on something that may stretch you. But you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't all of a sudden run two miles, you know, like I can do 50 meters probably today, and uh, you, you just tell me to excel in running, so tomorrow I'm going to run two miles. No, I got to start, and maybe I'm going to run a, you know, one lap, get a quarter mile in, and do that for a period of time. And it's the same thing with generosity. I shared some of our steps what is your next step? And so there's some things in that devotional that will help you. And so there'll be people standing at the door ready to hand out that devotional for seven days. Focus your time on this study and generosity. And then the other thing I would really encourage you to do is talk to someone about what you learned. Your spouse, another family, can we open up a little bit and talk to someone else about what we're learning, where our struggles are, where our challenges are, maybe in Sunday school, there's a discussion guide on our website that I can direct you to um, if you're interested, Sunday school teachers. Um, but that's where I really think your rubber's going to hit the road. Like, am I willing to say to Doug, this challenged me. I don't know if I can do it. You know, whatever this was on day four. Will you, will you pray with me that I, could, that I could take that next step? Because I, I want to. I want to excel in this grace of giving. But I'm going to have to transform my mind. It's going to take some new some new disciplines, some new thoughts, some new understandings. Who's in? We do it? We're going to read that devotional? Pray through it? Okay, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this great church family. I thank you for the privilege of being here. Lord, I pray that the stuff I shared that was um, not helpful uh, would be quickly forgotten. And I pray that what you have to say to each person that's in here today uh, would be the only thing that's remembered, um, that we would grow uh, for a lifetime, excelling in this grace of generosity. In your name, amen.